Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Super excited to welcome back to the show NFL staff writer for SI, Gilbert Manzano. Gilbert, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well, Tracy. Thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm still following the Rams, but just a different different job, different kind of beat. But uh, overall, uh, I've been pretty excited to have this new job with SI. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations on that. And You mentioned the Rams, which is great because we are here to preview week two this weekend. The San Francisco 49ers head to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. The fans like to call it Levi's South. Uh, Vivid Seats put out information today that it looks like, again, the 49ers fans will be taking over SoFi. But divisional matchup in week two, both teams want to know. The Rams had a very surprising win, I would say, over the Seahawks in Seattle, the Cooper Cup less Rams. So people didn't necessarily see that coming, especially, you know, on the road. And they beat them so definitively, I think was also surprising. San Francisco went to Pittsburgh, dominated the Steelers, which I think is also something that people didn't necessarily think was going to happen. I thought they were going to win. I didn't think it was going to be quite that dominating a performance. So we get Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay right off the bat here early in the season. In your opinion, Gilbert, when you look at these Rams, like I said, they don't have Cooper Cup, but Matthew Stafford looked, you know, back like Matthew Stafford. Their rookie wide receiver, Puka Nakua. Did I say it right? You got it. Perfect. This seems to be like my thing all week. I've been trying to make sure I say it right. Puka Nakua. So when you look at this Rams offense against this dominating 49ers defense, what do you think the Rams have to do to to have a chance here in this game? Yeah, you know, I'm glad you, you set up the the the, the matchup here because it feels like maybe a little bit of the rivalry is back. You know, mm-hmm. the 49ers dominated the matchup last year, and it felt like okay, week two. I think the 49ers uh will, will probably take it, but yeah, you know, the Rams, you know, surprises the Seattle Seahawks. So the thing for me that's really you know unknown about is the way they played the Seahawks. It was a lot of ball control. You know, control the clock, run the ball, stay patient, take your shots when you can. But the problem when you play the 49ers, if Brock Purdy gets rolling, Brandon Ayuk, Devo Samuel, and you find yourself down 10-0, 14-0, can you keep doing the same game plan? I don't think so against the 49ers. So I'm very intrigued to see how Shatomic Bay evolves or kind of, you know, just has adjustments and, 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 get, and how you kind of cause the game here because it was a great performance by Sean McVay. Uh, like I mentioned, being patient with the running game using Kyron Williams and Cam Akers. No Cooper Cup as well, so that could maybe hurt them for this game. But if you have to kind of play in a shootout, can they do it? And I think that's the big mystery. And you mentioned Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua could do it. Uh, Tutu was doing well, but they might need more guys like Tyler Higby and Van Jefferson. But I'm just worried about if an avalanche comes early, can they withstand it? Well, and this 49ers defense is just so good. And you look at the line, and you had in week one Nick Bosa, who had just gotten to Santa Clara, the Thursday before the game, he played 35 snaps. Stats-wise, two tackles, a quarterback hit, perfectly respectable stack, 
stats, not Nick Bosa stats, stats don't tell the whole story. And Nick Bosa was all over the place. And his presence makes it even easier for the defensive line to do what they need to do. So that I think becomes an issue. If they can bring pressure to Matthew Stafford, which they probably can, then I think it is going to be very tough for the Los Angeles Rams. But of course, any given Sunday. Football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to switch gears for a second. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked in his Wednesday press conference, what's the hardest part about facing a Sean McVay team? And he said that number 99 is on it. And Aaron Donald certainly cannot be discounted. You know, this 49ers defensive line has just been so talked about in this front seven. But on that line, you've got Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Drake Jackson with three sacks on Sunday. Looks like he's making a huge leap into his second year in the league. But on the other side, you got you got Aaron Donald on that Rams defense. and. The 49ers have done well against the Rams, but if there was a weak spot for them on Sunday, it was with right tackle Colton McKivitz. And that offensive line is, its in my opinion, it's a somewhat precarious offensive line because obviously you have Trent Williams and he's incredible. The line did pretty well last year. On Sunday, Spencer Burford has a number of penalties. Colton McKivitz just gets beat by TJ Watt. So that is something that the 49ers are going to have to protect Brock Purdy against Aaron Donald. Yeah, you know, I actually just thought about it. I, I remember that the the Rams and the Fortnite played each other so early last year that Brock Purdy never faced the Rams and Aaron Donald. This so will be his first start. That's a kind of a good storyline. You know, how does Brock Purdy, you know, deal with, with Aaron Donald? And it's not just those two guys, right? It's everybody. It's a full team. And obviously, Brock Purdy has a lot more help than Aaron Donald has this year. There's no yeah. Jalen Ramsey, no Leonard Floyd, no Bobby Wagner. But uh, Tracy actually came away from training camp for the Rams feeling like they have some promising guys, a lot of guys who could step up, young guys, second-year guys, rookies. And we saw in Seattle, I guess my my prediction was correct. You know, they won't be a very talented defense, but they're going to be competitive. They have a lot of feisty uh, cornerbacks like Darion Kendrick and Kobe Durant, uh, Russ Yeast. But the biggest thing I was trying to watch for on Sunday, how do they play with Aaron Donald and a bunch of young guys in that front? Because you could easily just double, triple team Aaron Donald and then call it a day, you're good. But Aaron Donald was breaking free. Maybe he's very motivated after an injury plague the season, only five wins. And I don't know if you saw the clip, but Geno Smith saying, oh, my gosh, it's Aaron Donald in my face. So uh, <laughs> he's back to being that game record. Uh, one thing I'm actually curious about, because like you mentioned, 49ers have like no weaknesses, but that right side and offensive line could be something there. Do they move Aaron Donald on the edge and try to attack the right side? They like to keep him more inside and be a disruptor that way. But I've seen a couple of times last year where they move Aaron Donald to the edge. I think it was a game against the Cowboys. They were mm-hmm. playing a, a rookie left tackle in Tyler Smith, and they had kept attacking, attacking. So that could be something there. But overall, it's, it's kind of the same thing like I was mentioning. If Brock Purdy gets going with the, with the quick game, getting the ball out, CMC and Debo, it could be a long day. 
it's interesting what you said about moving him to the edge, because in my opinion, and I am certainly not an NFL coach, and there is a reason for that. But in my opinion, if I'm Sean McVay, I take a look at that tape from the Steelers game. And that's exactly what I do, because that it is where there is a weakness. And that is part, I mean, TJ Watt is TJ Watt. And he's an incredible football player. But part of why he was able to get those three sacks is, of course, he kept beating Colton McKibbitt. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But that does make a lot of sense to me. Um, I do want to talk about Brock this offense. But first, I would love for you just to like, if you have a name or two that you can put on 49ers fans radar on this defense, that's not Aaron Donald. You mentioned a couple of the corners. But yeah. if there's anyone else that you just feel like you want to highlight for 49ers fans to keep an eye out for on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I really thought Ernest Jones, the third-year linebacker, really set the tone for that defense. And and he didn't have like a big highlight play or a sack or, or anything that kind of changed the game. But he set the tone. And I was watching the first drive of that game, and he was fast, physical. And it kind of put a a, a, a reminder to the, to the Seahawks, hey, this defense is not going to roll over because a bunch of young guys, like they're going to hit and make you work. So look out for the middle linebacker, Ernest Jones. And like I feel like the, the Rams will play a lot of DBs, but they'll keep him in there as a linebacker. Uh, when they go five, six DBs, he's always going to be there on the defense. And I think Ernest Jones really learned a year ago from Bobby Wagner. And, and Ernest Jones was pretty big in the Super Bowl two years ago. He was blitzing, being an extra pass rusher. But then his year two, they, they get Bobby Wagner and Ernest Jones like, okay, I'm not going to play anymore because I got Bobby Wagner. But I think watching a guy like that and mm-hmm. learning for year three, he's going to be, he's going to break out. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of these breakout players in the NFL. Uh, for his year, year three in the league. All right, guys. So keep an eye on that one. Listen for that name a week after week, not only this week, of course, then later in the season. But let's talk about this 49ers offense. We mentioned Brock Purdy with his first start against the Los Angeles Rams. So this becomes, you know, big, again, a big, exciting divisional round game, even in week two. But you look at what Brock Purdy was able to do on Sunday. And Nick Bosa said, you know, Brock Purdy is who we thought we is who we thought he was. And it's always been interesting to me, and I know that I'm seeing, watching this team every day, I'm at practice, I'm in the locker room, and to me, it's so clear that Brock Purdy's the guy. I think naturally, it has been hard for people to really wrap their head around the fact that the last pick in the draft is going to be, could very well end up being their franchise quarterback. I mentioned this on the podcast early in the week that people say it was a small sample size, the eight games. But I said, I said, had he been terrible, people wouldn't have thought it was a small sample size. They would have written him off. So it's really not. And I think he showed on Sunday on the road in a tough stadium against a team that has a lot of expectations that he is the guy who can run this offense. He does what Kyle Shanahan needs him to do. Kyle Shanahan trusts him. And then around him, we mentioned Trent Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. On that Christian McCaffrey 65-yard touchdown the other day, Brandon Ayuk and Ray Ray McLeod both delivered such incredible blocks. And that's the thing with this offense. They all really can do everything. And when they're hot, they're hot. Brandon Ayuk is on fire how on earth are the Rams going to stop this offense? Yeah, hopefully uh, what you just laid out, Raheem Morris won't be saying that to his players because uh, that's just <laughs> a lot right there. I'm, I'm over here fearing for the Rams. He's going to play uh, this clip. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be like, hey, guys, so sorry. But yeah, you have no chance. So you're, you're good. So, uh, you, know, you know, you know, the one thing, Tracy, I feel like Raheem Morris had to evolve as, as a defensive coordinator because when they won that Super Bowl, he was doing it with Brandon Staley's guys and his scheme. And he had to kind of, Okay, that's not what I do, but you know what? It's working. Let's keep doing it. And now when they had a, a roster makeover besides Aaron Donald, it, he's probably asking Sean McVay, hey, can I do it my way? Can I do it my style? So that could be some kind of unknown there for the 49ers. However, he more play because 
it was a little more aggressive. Donald to the edge. Yeah, Aaron Donald <laughs> go that way, and then you know we'll kind of team it up over here. So again, if, the, if somehow the Rams maybe they, they get the ball first and they score, they control the clock, and it becomes a physical game, grind it out. You know, go to the last position. You get a lucky break and you win. That's the only way I see it. I know it's, it takes a lot to get that way. It happens though in a rivalry game, but I think Raheem Morris having that unknown factor uh, for Kyle Shanahan could be something there. But again, like you mentioned, it's going to be a lot of Pro Bowlers and All Pros on the other side. So again, you know, the one thing I do like about the, the Rams from a week ago, like I mentioned, they're they're feisty. They're competitors. They they don't feel like the moment's too big. It is a lot of rookies, a lot of second year guys, but. When you have Aaron Donald leading the charge and you have a guy like Raheem Morris who's such a good motivational speaker, you kind of get that that fire and you, and you go. It's rivalry week and you never know what happens. And I think, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford can't be discounted. He certainly looked much more like Matthew Stafford last week. And he is he is a top quarterback in this league. And, you know, I know that there's always been the knock and the joke about the interceptions, which is, you know, something to, to keep an eye on. And this 49ers team is definitely very focused on takeaways. but. He's still Matthew Stafford, and I think that can't be discounted. I just think this this 49ers front seven is just so good. And then, of course, it makes it easier on the secondary. And then the matchup that is always fun to talk about is Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay. You have the two great offensive minds on the field. There's the rivalry there. I, I like to think of them as frenemies. I don't know if that's here, but I like a little, a little frenemy situation there. So that's a matchup too, and it's always fun to see how the two of them scheme up offensive plays. Yeah, you know, I'll start with the Matthew Stafford, and then I'll go to the rivalry there because I always like that story. And I know they play each other so many times, or they coach each other, but I, I still enjoy it. But you know, people like to compare this Ram squad to Sean McVay's first year, 2017. You know, mm-hmm. what is this young coach going to do? Can they do anything? And they made the wild card. The only difference in that year, they had a pretty inexperienced Jared Goff who was still trying to learn how to play the game. That's not a problem with Matthew Stafford. He knows how to play the game. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He won the Super Bowl. So when you have that down, a quarterback who knows what he's doing to help the young guys be in the right spot, that just makes your job easier for Sean McVay. So I think when he, they, when they felt like, okay, we could, if we could protect Matthew Stafford, no sacks, by the way, last week. That was big because <laughs> those two games, I was there for the 49ers a year ago. Uh, it might have been like 40 combined uh, quarterback hits in two games or whatever it was. Uh, so it was it, bad. It was a lot. It was a, lot. It, it was a whole lot. And, you know, unfortunately for Stafford, he didn't, he didn't finish the season. He just took a bunch of hits, but they protected him. And when he got protected, that meant Matthew Stafford got to ap- operate. And then when he's operating, that means Sean McVay could scheme a play, be a good designer. And that's where I go to the rivalry. It's like, like, who's the better play caller guy? Like, I love Kyle Shanahan, his run game. And Tracy, like, like Sean McVay is actually kind of copying some of that run game style, like the, the zone gaps and create space. Well, they and work together. Things. They learn. Yeah, so they know each other so well. So, you know, like you mentioned, uh, they're kind of frenemies but they respect each other and they take things from each other too as well. Yes, absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about Puka Nakua because he was, I I know that people were super excited about him in the draft and obviously he looked really, really good on Sunday. What are kind of the X factors that he brings to the game for the Rams? Yeah, with with Puka, if you spent some time at Rams training camp, that was probably the easiest prediction you can make. He's going to be a good player. And I'm not not ready to say say like a star, Mm -hmm. but he's going to be a very productive player in this league who has very high upside. So, you know, the way I've I, I kind of been putting it for this week, look at the targets. Like, maybe he could have got, you know, you know, 40 yards and a couple catches. But when you get 15 targets, that means your quarterback trusts you. And Matthew Stafford is not an easy person to gain trust because there was a play earlier last week where, uh, where uh, Van Jefferson dropped the pass. And mm-hmm. he was hot. He was, he was angry. 
but he, that's what he's a competitor. He's going to push it to, to your limits and, and make and bring out the best in you. So for a rookie, a fifth round rookie from BYU to get 15 targets, I think nine catches, 10 catches or 115, whatever it was, that just shows his trust. And he's kind of playing that Cooper Cup role. And, and, and it could be a problem, you know, because he's a rookie facing the 49ers for the first time. But if you have a Cooper Cup kind of role there with Puka, you got young guys like Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson doing their thing as well. You spread the ball around you. You kind of keep the defense guessing. So it's hard to do when you got Fred Warner. Uh, we'll see if Dre uh, is a Greenlaw, right? He will yeah, Dre Greenlaw was back at practice on Thursday. So so that's, I, that's a problem, too, as that's well. That's going to so. be a problem for the Rams. But yeah. if you spread the ball out to guys like Puka, and, and again, like they're not, too, they're not shy from the big moments, you always have a chance. Long term with Cooper Cup, you know, going beyond, I know that he has to miss at least four games. Should Rams fans be concerned that it's going to be more than that? Maybe because these uh, hamstring injuries do tend to linger. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the one question I have for, for the Rams, like, when you had two months to keep him healthy after he pulled it, why bring him back for the Denver scrimmages? Why bring him back for the end of training camp? And then, mm-hmm. you know, again, he, he got hurt. So when it goes to like a setback, it tends to be a longer comeback and you kind of play it safe. So, and, and, and also like with the IR is so tricky. You can't, you don't, you can't put a guy on IR twice or three times a year. So right. you got to be very picky when to do it. So to me, it kind of felt like they needed to do it. They needed that roster spot. So it could be longer, but, you know, the, the, I've been telling people, like, if they somehow win the game against the 49ers, this is their schedule, by the way, 49ers, Eagles, Bengals, and the Colts. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that, that, <laughs> if you kind of get to that Colts game, you're okay. But you got to win one of those three games, Bengals and the Eagles and the 49ers. It's going to be a daunting task. But they do that, and, and, and you come out with maybe a 2-4 and four record before mm-hmm. Cooper Cup comes back, you're, you're in a good spot. But if you lose all three games, then it's kind of like, okay, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, hurry up and get back. But... I would not be surprised if it was on in the four games. So before we go into our predictions, I would love for you to tell us, and I'll do it on the 49ers side, but who is the X factor for the Rams in this game? Uh, can I pick a group? You can. You certainly okay. can. Why not? Oh, okay. I'm a really nice host. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and we, we've been talking about it, and I'm just going to single out the offensive line. Like, if you don't protect Matthew Stafford, you have no chance. I don't care if Aaron Donald gets five or six, seven sacks there, and Raheem Moore has a great game, but you got to protect them, like, like we've been talking about. Nick Bosa, Armstead, and, and Javon Hargrave. That's another unknown factor. All oh, surprised. They have Hargrave now, so that could be a big mm-hmm. problem. But they really revamped this offensive line. Like, they got a rookie in Steve Avila at left guard. They, they got an undrafted guy at left tackle and Alaric Jackson. You know, they, they have a new center. I think McCormick Shelton has been playing, but he replaced Brian Allen. Rob Havenstein has been around. The biggest thing that I give the Rams credit for they were so banged up with injuries on the offensive line a year ago. They could have easily said, hey, you know what? We're going to be healthy and just run the same five guys out there. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. They tinker positions. They made competition. They didn't care if you were paid or were you a first-round pick or whatever. If you're the best five, we're going to throw the best five. So they might have found something with that combination a week ago. So we'll see what they do against the 49ers. So last year at SoFi Stadium, the X Factor was, of course, Christian McCaffrey, who caught a touchdown pass rushed for a touchdown, and threw a touchdown pass. This year, I am going to say that the X factor is Debo Samuel. He had a, certainly had a nice game on Sunday, overshadowed somewhat by Brandon Ayuk and the incredible game he had. And one thing about these offensive weapons, I think you're going to every week have somebody different that has some kind of monster game. But I just feel like this is going to be a big Debo Samuel game. He was not happy with his performance last year. He worked so hard this offseason. And so that, to me... He is the X factor in this particular game. I know it's a funny X factor because he's Debo Samuel, 
but I still think he is the X factor in the game. And I, I am terrible at score predictions. So I, I mean, we can do them. I normally don't make people do them because I'm so bad at it. But you know what? Let's just do it. And I'll be 100% wrong. But I am going 49ers 24, Rams 13. Mm, okay. I, I like that. Uh, but I, I think the, they, they'll be competitive. They'll keep it closed. And, but I'm going with the 49ers. And I'll keep it a three-point game. Maybe oh, nice uh, I'm, I'm going to be wrong here. But 23 to 20. And I, I should give the Rams credit for being at home. But a lot of 49ers would be out there at SoFi Stadium. But they'll keep it close, 23 to 20, 49ers. All right. Well, we will find out which one of us is correct uh, come Sunday around four-ish Pacific time. Gilbert, will you be at the game this week? Yes, I'll be there in person. And we'll see if that avalanche from the 49ers occurs early. All right. Fantastic. Well, then I will get to see you on Sunday at the game. Please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, uh, check out my stories at SI.com, maybe the backslash NFL, and you'll see all my stories there. Or Twitter X now, you can find me at GMonsano24. Also on TikTok, 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 there you go. Uh, GMonsano24, and then Instagram, GMonsanoNFL. I I lose track, but uh, TikTok, TikTok, it's all the same. Oh, TikTok, TikTok, whatever. I kind of I kind of like that. It's funny. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TracyFGSN, on Instagram and TikTok at Tracy, at Tracy Sandler. Uh, we are brought to you by Bet Online. We are brought to you by Vivo. If you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave us a positive review. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Thank you again, Gilbert. I'll see you on Sunday. Thank you. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.